Blog Talk Radio. Another uh, shooting, and this happened in Indiana. Suspect in custody after shooting at Indiana Middle School. A student was taken into custody Friday after shooting at a Noblesville, Indiana Middle School, left three people injured, officials said. Noblesville Police Chief Kevin Jowitt told reporters that a teacher and a student were taken to hospitals with injuries from the shooting at Noblesville Middle School. But hospital officials said at least three people, including one adult, were being treated. One student had an ankle fracture. Um, The chief goes on to say um, the shooting was reported shortly after 9 a.m. A student asked for permission to leave the classroom, and he returned armed with two handguns. The situation was quickly resolved, and the student was arrested in in or near the classroom. Um... The um, Chief Jowett said a secondary threat was received at Noblesville High School. He goes on to say, we have multiple officers in the command post established at Noblesville High School and are diligently ensuring the safety of students and staff. We have not received any information that this has been anything other than a communicated threat. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. So, uh this is Noblesville, the town of 60,000. is about 20 miles northeast of Indianapolis. And um, they said this has been um, the 23rd school shooting where someone was hurt or killed so far this year, an average of more than uh, one shooting a week. I mean, it, it's, it's getting crazy. It's just, you know, what, what, what do we do at this point? Well, can't know. close down the schools. It's 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 just crazy. You know, kids can't even go to school to learn. You know, it's just so many social issues. I think that going that is going on with these young adults that um, they just probably need some more counseling or some more help there at the schools. You know, I don't even know if that's the problem. Hmm. You think it stems from home? I mean, you know. The, the the parents, you know, um, something going on there? It's hard to say. I, I'm not really sure where the problem lies, but it does make you wonder what is happening at home that these kids feel like to resolve their issue, they want to take a gun to school and go shoot people because they're angry at whomever. Right. You know, since when well, did that become the way to solve problems? Right. Well, you know what? I, I I do kind of have a theory. I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that. I don't say I know all the answers, but I'm feeling that this is a computer age, and a lot of times these kids they're on these computers 24/7 all the time, and you know you're shooting, bang banging people, whatever. I can just shoot this person and they're gone in their mind. If somebody's bullying me or getting on my nerves at school or a teacher or whatever is getting on my nerves, this is how I rectify that situation. I shoot them, and it's over with. You know, I, I, oh, like the video not, games. Right. 
And I think that the kids need to move away from the video games and just be out and socialize because, to me, after a while, you don't have any social skills. You, you lose all of that. You know, you, you are far removed from someone, you know, walking down the street, a human being. You don't know how to communicate. These kids communicate on text. They don't call anymore, you know, on the phone. They use the phone for text and, and video games. I think they... Profile is in order. You know, if you look at any crime show that makes any sense, you know, like uh, your show with uh, with your boy. Well, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. They mm-hmm. use the word profile all the time. And profile means that you, uh, if you don't know, uh, it means that you that you you source the situation. You turn the situation into their own particular canned good. And you name it, whether tomato soup or cream of mushroom or or whatever, minestrone. And you analyze everything that went down with that particular situation. See, you know, this this last situation, I believe, it was the, the people were killed with the parents' gun. So, therefore, we have to investigate where that gun, that gun came from originally, whether it did have a serial number, whether the serial number filed off of it, or what mm-hmm. have you. Because, you know, gun is a gun. When it's used in a crime, it's a gun, no matter what's behind it. But I think that we're taking the situation where as we're looking at the, the community, the race of the shooter, and we're leaving out important parts based on what we're trying to keep under wraps, you know. I think I spoke last week on who's responsible for these shootings in most cases, what their profile is, you know, young white male student claiming to be bullied, claiming to be what have you. And that one case that happened about maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago, where that wasn't really a mass shooting. That person went right after who they were going after. He was mm-hmm. pissed, at that, pissed at that girl, killed that girl, and kind of found out the guy that she was talking to was a black guy. But but society or the media is never going to break it down like that, you know. Either they are afraid to, they don't want to get the facts of it, they don't want disgrace or or drop the reputation of the great white race or what have you. And it's a lot of narratives and you gotta look you gotta be able to see between the lines. You 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 can't look at it and, and think, oh, you know, I'm just gonna believe everything the media says. Look and see what happens. It was downplayed I'm talking about the last case, not this last not this Oh, the previous la- one. The previous one where the situation was just the the girl got killed, the boy was hurt. And it was a simple thing where somebody went in after the person they was after. Mm-hmm. But being a fact it was a school shooting, they kind of drew it all together. But that case didn't fall under the rest of it because it wasn't profiled. And he wasn't even yeah. 17 years that? old. He went and killed up kindergarten kids and what have you. But, you know, that's a good so point. So they're, they're not think, focusing on the big picture. I do think that in cases like that, if the parents are the one that gave the, the kid a gun, especially when you're talking about an underaged kid, you know, someone who's not even a legal adult, why aren't the parents held responsible like as an accessory or something? But why is the gun part of the issuance? You give people Well, a I gift. don't know why you would give a child a you gun. You give them a laptop. But my you point give them is a... if a parent gives a child a gun no, and the on, child right. goes and kills somebody, right why say? isn't the parent held accountable at least as but an accessory? But the first part of what you said, does that even sound right? No, but I'm saying that's okay. the reality. So we're not going to say that. It makes that. no sense at all, but it's the reality. But we're not going to build a narrative around something that's not but supposed that's to be. But that's what's happening. If parents are giving kids guns because for whatever reason they think that makes sense in their world, then I'm saying the parents should be held accountable for if that kid kills somebody with that gun, themselves included. That's all I'm saying. I mean, aren't people considered an accessory to a crime if you're involved in it? Kelly Clarkson, she she hosted the um, award show, Billboard Awards, and they wanted her to take a moment of silence because of the, you know, the, the victims and stuff. I think it wasn't this shooting, but a, a previous shooting. And she's like, I'm just sick and tired of a moment of silence. When are we going to do something? You know. Yeah. When Her are we point was the something? moment of silence is not working. That's right. not accomplishing anything. So let's do something else that's going to actually, you know, change right. things. Right. And I feel as if the government, we can't always look to the government to do things. We have to do, to me, you have to do things individually, in, individually in your own state. So if you cross the line, you know, like 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 Virginia, Virginia is, is one of the Commonwealth states. There's about six or seven of them like that. 
you go in Virginia and you do something, oh, they got the right to do whatever the hell they want to do because they're commonwealth. They don't go by nobody else's rules but their own. So, you know, each state to me, this is just my opinion, they're just going to have to start making their own rules and their laws in their own state. They don't think twice about doing any, any, right, any type of shooting or anything. But still, like you said before, I think the parents do need to be held accountable to a degree. Mm-hmm. To an ultimate degree, especially if it was their gun from the beginning. You know, like like my man Joe Madison says, you really have to listen with a third ear and you have to see with a third eye. The NFL, man, what a what a uh, what a rabbit chase this is, or a chicken chase. This is now. They had the owners' meeting this week, and the owners' meeting consists of 32 owners. Okay, it was actually 31, because the Carolina Panthers owner, under scandal and under everything, and now he's got big money. He don't give a crap. He's selling the team. Now, in the beginning, um, P. Diddy was talking about buying it, but I guess he was so interested in that music show called Four, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear from any him anymore. You know, um, so one of the minor owners of the Carolina Panthers ended up buying a team. So when you buy the team, it means you have to get the other members, or not members, the other owners' approval. So they had this whole um, member, I keep saying member, excuse me. They had this, this whole owners' meeting where they went over a few topics about this and that, and they finally came to the kneeling at the National Anthem what they're going to do, and all this other jazz. So, now, here's, here's the front side and the flip side. The front side said that if you want to, if you don't want to, if you want to kneel, you have to kneel while you're out. You have to stand up while you're outside. If you want to kneel, just stay in the locker room, and you come out when it's over. But all this is very contradictive because, as we all know, that the world is run through advertisement. It's run through products. You know, brands and things like that. They run the world. They pay for their advertisement to be seen. And the NFL, being the whores that they are, okay, they will promote a product not only through the national anthem but through the kickoff. I watch games, and most of the time, your national anthems are usually shown on your Monday night football games where it's geared up for that particular city. You know, money from oh, Monday Night Live from Philadelphia, yada yada yada, live from Green Bay. So it's a it's a preempted, excited type moment. Now let's do the national anthem. Singing the national anthem tonight will be, but a regular Sunday game where the singer is just a little young girl from you know from bumfuck wherever, you know, and she's doing the national anthem and and it's just mom, dad, or two brothers and one sister in the audience, yada yada yada. The advertisers know that. And they know that Bud Light is the official beer of the NFL, so they're going to get that last Bud Light commercial in there, being the whores that they are. So knowing instant replay is there, so you miss the national anthem, you miss the kickoff, and by the time they come on, the commentator is saying, well, welcome, welcome back to the game. We're going to show the instant replay of the kickoff where the gentleman he fumbled the ball. No, we didn't see none of this, okay, because the whores took over the whole lead of the game, and this happens all the time. So how are you going to emphasize kneeling when we only see kneeling when it's a game that has some significance? But regular games, you don't even see the damn kickoff. Sometimes not even the first play of the first, you know, uh, possession of the ball. So that is so controversial and so unnecessary. And they got a nerd to turn narratives, making people believe that the black guys in kneeling don't believe in life, liberty, and country. And half of them got brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers who's military people. So how's that the case? You know, Trump just came in and hijacked the whole situation. You know, Colin Kaepernick was just, uh, he was blackballed. And anybody else who was kneeling was blackballed. And those gentlemen can't get back in the game again. Because these 32 owners, and getting back to the 32 owners, which was 31, but they just approved the minor owner of the Carolina Panthers. So now he officially owns the Carolina Panthers now. So it's 32 white men again in charge of it. So, you know, where where is it? What, what does all this even mean? There's no minority representation 
of a game that has 70, 79 to 80% black men. It's unbelievable. It's just it's unbelievable. So this story about the national anthem policy, oh, my God, we just don't like tear that up because it don't even make sense to even read it because it doesn't even mean nothing. You know, Bud Light got that beginning of that game or whatever, whatever try to advertise, you know. So anyway, that's it for that story. Okay, then. All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir. Yeah, we're here every Friday night doing our thing. Uh, let's see. I've got the first story. Let's talk about this fentanyl uh, bust that happened in, where is this, Nebraska? This is a crazy story. I don't know how this one truck person got a hold of all this fentanyl, but uh, this happened, like I said, in Nebraska. CNN reported that uh, the state patrol seized about 120 pounds of fentanyl, which they said is enough to kill 26 million people. This is crazy. Enough fentanyl to kill 26 million people? On Thursday, the uh, uh, the governor, Governor Pete Ricketts, announced the bust and said it's the largest in the state's history and one of the largest in the entire country. Authorities seized 118 pounds of fentanyl during a routine traffic stop on the interstate, uh, interstate 80 near Kearney, Nebraska. The troopers became suspicious of a semi-truck that was driving on the shoulder lane They searched the vehicle and found the drugs in a hidden compartment. And at first, the troopers believed that they had found mostly just cocaine, but when further testing showed that it was fentanyl. Now, the troopers did not immediately test the drugs due to the dangerous nature of the substance. So I guess what you see on TV where they see a white powdery substance and they touch it and put it on their tongue they don't do that anymore because oh, that stuff will kill you now. That was TV. I don't think anybody. Yeah, I don't know if that was ever true, but they don't do it. They said, no, nah, do that. we got to send it to the lab and get it tested. So uh, the driver of the truck, Felipe Janeo Minaya, 46 years old, and the passenger, Nelson Nunez, who's 52, both from New Jersey, were arrested on suspicion of possession of a controlled substance with intent to deliver. Now, see, this goes back to what I was saying about somebody being an accessory. Now, the guy driving, he was in trouble, but they also busted the passenger. He was just riding, but he's going down with this dude. So they said the value of the drugs were estimated at more than $20 million. $20 million of fentanyl. This is insane. They said, I'm still blown that they said this stuff could kill 26 million people. They said a lethal dose is two milligrams. That's a tiny little bit. Wow. Two milligrams? Mm. How much is that? Like, like a pinhead? I don't know. Two milligrams can be a lethal dose, they said, for most people. And it's mm. a powerful wow. opioid that's 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine and 30 to 50 times more potent than heroin. Wow. And this stuff is dangerous. Mm-hmm. They're saying that even though it can be prescribed by physicians for pain relief, the vast majority of overdose cases are thought to be the result of an illicit production and distribution of it. Mm-hmm. And synthetic opioids uh, such as fentanyl are the number one killer in the opioid epidemic. It's rough. I'm still tripping off of 26 million people. This was enough to kill 26 million people. You could wipe out like an entire, a couple of states with this, with that mm-hmm. amount that they had in that truck. Wow. But, but check this out. I don't know if it lists the um, the um, side effects of, of this particular uh, drug, fentanyl. It, it causes the effects, uh, side effects of nausea, constipation, sleepiness, confusion. Also, um, serious side effects may include decreased um, effort to breathe. I'm like, are you serious? I don't want none of that medication. No, thank you. Uh-uh. But, 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But it, it said it can be used as an injection or skin patch or, um, you know, I guess um, through the mouth, you know, uh, as a pill. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm going to be cautious now. The doctor prescribed some fentanyl or something like that. I said, uh-uh, no thank you. Like, uh, remember the, um, unfortunately, the um, probothol with the, the situation with Michael Jackson? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, want any probothol. Don't want any fentanyl. No. no. Uh-uh. Uh, you guys going to trip out on this. Opioids are found in um, some Seattle area mussels, mussels that you eat. Um, America's opioid epidemic has ravaged the country by land and is also making its presence felt by sea. Um, Washington State researchers tracking pollution levels uh, in Puget Sound have discovered traces of opioids and mussels in harbors in Seattle, in the city, in the Seattle area, according to the um, uh, Pudgeon Sound Institute. Um, Through a monitoring program, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife found enough oxycodone for shellfishes to test positive for the addictive prescription drug in three locations. Um, The mussels are filter feeders and contaminants from the environment became concentrated in their tissues. Um, I guess they've been doing some serious research. To run um, contaminant tests, scientists transplanted a number of clean mussels um, from um, Wibdeby Island to what Rice called highly urbanized areas away from any commercial shellfish beds. So they're doing a lot of testing, they're saying, and, and, and this, this is what they're coming up with. Um, so they're saying that, wait, 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 back up. I'm sorry. You're saying <laughs> that there's opioids somehow naturally occurring in mussels, like the seafood mussels that I love right. so much. Yeah. It says mussels are filter feeders and contaminants from their environment become concentrated with their tissues. So apparently the... The opioid is in the water. That's what it sounds like to me. It says um, the trace amounts of oxycodone found were thousands of times lower than what would be a typical dose for humans. Um, The muscles like so they're saying it's lower doses, but it's still there. Right. Um, Still, fish may pose an issue, as researchers have shown. um, Zebrafish will with a dose themselves with opioids, and scientists think that other types of fish, like salmon, may actually be similar. It's like we have to watch everything that we eat now. I'm like, are you serious? Oh, my goodness. So now i got to watch the mussels that I enjoy eating so much. <laughs> or just make sure they well, didn't they, come from the, over there. Seattle, way. Washington. Yeah, if they came from Seattle, Washington, I guess you go to start asking, well, where do your mussels come from? <laughs> Man, this is like that romaine lettuce all over again. I know, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, can't win. Can't win. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't win for losing. Yeah, all right. That's a true thing. Let's see. Well, while you got the mic, what's going on with the uh, player in Milwaukee? Well, this gentleman here was uh, confronted. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks is a basketball team. You know, from what's seen on the video outside the story, you know. This man was confronted by, like, six police officers that just confronted him. Didn't know who he was. So, obviously, they're hockey fans and they're not basketball fans. So, didn't know who he was, and it was just just a total adolescent Keystone cop confrontation and everything. It just got completely ugly, you know, and they, they tased the guy, grabbed him, grabbed him, and they all threw him to the ground, and the guy said, tased. The cop screamed out, tased, like, four times to tell his cops to tell his cop friends to get off of him because electricity is electricity and that's got nobody's name on it. Oh, that's like when they if say clear. That, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, get out the way about this zapper. When he yelled up, you know. So what he actually did was he, he parked his car in front of Walgreens across a handicap spot. Mm-hmm. And the police came and swarmed on him like, on like him he like, had shot someone. And this man is a starting football, basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks. And they, they, he said, well, well, who are you? You somebody famous? Four of them was in there. Nobody knew who he was. He said, I'm not saying he's, 
he didn't go off like old girl the one that hangs with Oprah now. What's her name? Uh, remember she got stopped by the cops. Oh, uh, what is her name? Legally Blonde. Yeah, uh, I'm legally blind. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon got stopped, and she was screaming, you know who I am? Do you know who I am? He wasn't even playing like that. He said, well, you don't know who I am. I'm not going to tell you who I am. What are you? Then he said, what are you, some kind of comedian or something? Or They they sound like they were trying to aggravate him on with sarcasticness, where the whole policeman assailant arrest thing was just totally taken out of context. They just went into a personal hate for, for a black man. And then the one guy just started, he just pulled out his taser. Because he, he had put, after they were talking all the crap, he put his hand back in his hoodie. And the guy said, get your hands out of your pocket. Then he ruffled him up in there again. And when the guy said, taser, taser. And they backed off of him and they shot him in the side of his face with a taser. It was crazy. Yeah, that was insane. It was crazy. And the mayor got on there and said, Man, this is this is off the chain. What is wrong with my cops? They were just, you know, they were just. They lost their mind. So, so what happened with the cops? I mean, suspension or. Yeah, they've gotten. They were. Yeah, they they gotten uh, disciplined. They didn't say what type of discipline or what have you. But uh, nobody said anything about anybody being fired. But I'm sure they'll retrain them or what have you. You know, but it was very ugly. It was. It was unnecessary. Didn't they have like six cars? It was, like, up it was there? six cars, six cops. They could just handcuff the guy, took him to the police station, whatever. But they all made a scene, and it was on camera, and it was bright lights, and you seen it all, and it was just, it was just racism at its finest hour. I think after a while they don't have anything to do. They they hear things on the radio. Yeah, of course. Oh, These man, guys didn't. They, they, they didn't know basketball. Yeah, well, you go check it out. Yeah. They didn't know basketball at all. Okay. These were five cops that were. Hockey fans or whatever they're into. But I'm saying it shouldn't matter that he was a basketball celebrity, athlete, whatever. What happened to human decency? The man didn't rob the Walgreens. He parked across some handicapped spots. So at worst, you give him a fine. You give him a ticket for that and keep it moving. You don't go in there and rough up somebody and tase them over that. You you know, it's unfortunate that we don't see the whole incident. Because a lot of times we see on the um, YouTube page or somebody is taking a picture of, we see the aftermath or in between. We don't see what happened at the very beginning. I mean, somebody had a good point made to me, and I said, well, you know, you do have to look at the whole picture. We don't know what, what that basketball player said to those cops. You know, after, you know, he's fussing with them and cussing them out and stuff after a while, you know, who's going to be able to take it that long? So they get into their mode and like, okay, we're going to take you in. We need to call for backup. So it becomes, a, 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 it escalates into um, what we see the aftermath of. I think we just don't see the very beginning of what happened. And I well, think that's we true, just, but, sometimes but I people wouldn't just, just misjudge. Right. Well, that's true. I agree. But I would not just make the assumption that he was, you know, being belligerent or anything else like that. He might have been very polite. For all we know, he might have said, good evening, officers, is there a problem? You know, we don't know. Or he could have said, you know, what do you want? The F you want. Back up off of me. You know, we don't know. He was parked illegally. They did not see a handicap permit display. They should have just written a ticket, stuck it on the windshield, and kept it moving. Right. So the, the more I think about it, the more I'm saying I don't believe that they didn't know who he was. I think they looked at him and said, oh, that's one of those privileged, you know, oh, he's a rich so-and-so. He thinks he's special. We're going to make an example out of him and let him see. You ain't nobody special. Because why would you be there messing with him like that? They All they had to do was write a ticket and keep it moving. They didn't have to say yep. one word to him. He didn't have to say anything to them. Right. Unfortunately, another one bites the death. And we're talking about Morgan Freeman. That was my boy. Morgan Freeman oh, accused yeah. of sexual harassment by eight women. Oh, oh boy. Man. Morgan Freeman has been accused of sexual and verbal harassment by eight women. According to CNN, the women who say Freeman subjected them to inappropriate remarks about their bodies alleged that he harassed them on the set of his films. Um, 
One woman um, in the summer of 2015 worked as a production assistant on the set of, of a particular comedy called Going in Style. She experienced months of harassment, claiming the actor touched her inappropriately and frequently commented on her figure and clothing. Uh, on one occasion, um, Freeman kept trying to lift up my skirt and asked me if I was wearing underwear. Another woman who um, was part of the production staff from the 2012 heist thriller, uh, Now You See Me, she alleges that Freeman harassed her and, and assisted by um, making crude comments about their bodies. Um, in a statement, Freeman said, anyone who knows me or has worked with me knows I am not someone who would intentionally Check out that word, intensely offend or knowingly make anyone feel uneasy. I apologize to anyone who felt uncomfortable or disrespected. That was never my intent. Now, Freeman is 80 years old. You still wow. uh, mess around with young girls? Um, <laughs> also, um, another woman, she said um, that they were victims of Freeman's misconduct at the actor's production company, Revelations Entertainment, which he founded in 96 with with uh, business partner Lori um, McCleary. They describe a toxic workplace atmosphere with six former staffers claiming they witnessed Freeman's behavior firsthand. A former manager of the company said Freeman would come over to uh, her desk and say hi, and then he would stare at me. And stare at her what? breast. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, another staffer, which was a male, he char- he characterized Freeman as a creepy uncle. You know, just mm. lurking around, I guess. So I'm like Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Oh boy! But I did hear oh, today that. that he... uh, oh, go ahead. Hmm. I'm sorry. No, I, I did hear today that that a few sponsors were. Um, pulling away from um, Morgan Freeman, so he got a lot at stake. I was waiting to see if Papa Didi was going to weigh in on the Morgan Freeman story. He's sitting here all too quiet and thinking. You know, I, I mean, I have no strong opinion. I haven't really seen anything on it that heavy, or what was said, or what was done. And it seemed like accusations nowadays is knocking people out the box. Just on yeah, an accusation. It gets deep like that. Yeah. Everybody better watch out when that happens because after a while, nobody's going to know what to say to a woman. And, you know, flirtation mm-hmm. has its place in some respects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. I never went to the top like that, but I definitely did throw out some flirtation and said something. I never used my hands on nothing. I never touched them or anything like that, you know. But I, I often had used, you know, my, my, cur- my charismatic. Uh, Nature, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And, uh, you know. How are you now? Well, you know. Why you always fight us? He knows not what he does. Oh, God. He said we're in the neutral zone. That's why he fights us. Oh, Just like dogs, they smell butts when they meet each other. I smelled your butt, I smelled nothing. Oh my I God! I smelled absolutely nothing, so therefore I said, "Okay, these are coworkers." <laughs> really, Papa? Anyway, that's how that works. So Morgan Freeman to butt. Yeah. Oh, God. okay. Now what? I wasn't even going to go there. You know, Morgan Freeman. Um, and you got to stop taking back everything you're given. You we you we don't even want to do these in relationships. You don't go back and take what you gave somebody. You gave somebody a gift. You gave her a nice ring, a nice bracelet. You can't say we broke up, give me that back. That belongs to that person now. You brought it. Mm-hmm. You gave it to them with good mm-hmm. intentions. So now people are taking it back, honorary degrees, and everything they gave that person, they're pulling it back in the name of what? I don't I don't understand that. I think that's a bull, shiggity move. But anyhow. All right, Papa Didi. Well, why you got the mic? You want to go into what's popping? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what you got for us tonight? I just have a variety of things, you know. Like I was saying before, I just want to elaborate on the case-by-case case situation of these shootings. You know, we every like you said, Kettle, every state and every, not even, not just the state, but the, the actual police department, the county, 
Break it down even further. Give everybody something to do. Give everybody some work to do. Don't just hand over to the FBI. They got some serious things to take care of. Break it down to the people that, that are running the, the lower municipal, the municipality of the particular county or what have you, and let them continue to investigate and, and report to the, the, the parents of their findings and things like that. Everybody throws it to the FBI and through the government, and the government just says, well, we can't do anything. It happened. Let's put some balloons out and some bears and some, you know, the prayers and all that jazz and um you know, and and I also want to speak on uh, the fact that we were talking about earlier about the uh, the opiates and things like that. You know, these things are people are trying to uh, bring these things in their areas illegally. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're letting it stick to something that gathers algae. You know, like a uh, even they got to take the time when the muscles do come in and scrape them all personally on the table. They know it's big money, and they know it's a high if they need it. So there again, we're giving the privileged people an excuse saying, oh, it's just you're getting older, and you're not with it, and you're yada, 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 and it's just, you know, it's real. And the thing that's messing them up is that a lot of people on the right side are worried about all these people getting strung out because that's their voters. So you're, you're what do you call it, gentrifying? You're, mm-hmm. you're gentrifying a neighborhood. But the dope is beating you to the punch when it comes to uh, knocking the people out of the box. So the minority is going to end back up with the stuff anyway. They're going, to, they're going to get tired of building and rebuilding. And the people they build to, they're getting foreclosure and kicked out because they're junkies. So you you wait and see. God don't like ugly, so they're going to get so ugly. Hmm. They're going to get so ugly. So. Interesting. But anyway, you know, just just to recap on a lot of things that we spoke on, I think, uh, what I'm speaking on and um, what's popping tonight. Just uh, everything has its, 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 its mirror image of what it is. You know, Trump found out that uh, Kim Jong-un was BSing him. Mm-hmm. And he said, we can't go through that. They, he said, that place is already old and crazy back there. The areas they're going to blow up it's already. They ain't even using it. So Trump, you know, in that respect, I appreciate Trump because he's not a, he's not stupid. He's not stupid. He's just trying to gather his own situation, but he's being distracted by his own particular uh, things he's done and things like that. So he can't even get comfortable in a job of the presidency because he probably should have went there and toyed with it, with the with the uh, what that summit with the whole no with, with his election situation. I don't think he should have took it the first time. He should have seen what kind of strength he had and then back out of it so he can get back to business. But, no, his ego led him to the presidency, and now he's got a bunch of troubles with him. You know, he's almost like, uh, you know, what's that guy's name, Pigpen on a... On Peanuts? On a Peanuts, yeah. Everywhere he goes, there's dust around him, so he can't relax. Everybody wants to find out something. So just to recap, you know, uh, what's popping is just the fact that uh, so many things going on in different scenarios. Just keep your eyes wide open and understand what's happening with things. Don't... Don't walk around here stupid. I don't care how sexy you are. Don't be stupid. Okay, now. That's all I got to say. That's it. All right. Appreciate it. Heard that. Don't be stupid. All right, man. Stupid, stupid. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. One of those Papa DW Kettle. Hello. Red wine. A bonsoir, darling. And yeehaw! Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Red Wine, what you got? What you got? It's time for I'm Just Saying. And tonight I want to talk about something I saw on the news recently. I, you know, I got to talk about it. When Uh-oh. I see these things, I try to let it slide, but I couldn't let this dude slide. Dude. So tonight, yeah, this dude, I couldn't let him slide. So tonight, I'm just saying, what are you not getting? That's my question to this dude. What are you not getting? As in, what are you not understanding? What are you not getting? So this week we learned about this 30-year-old son who was told to leave his parents' home on more than one occasion. Now, his parents gave him a total of five eviction notices. Five. It's bad enough you got to give your own son an eviction notice, but they gave him five. They offered him some money to try to help him to get moved into his own place, but he refused to move out. 
each time he just refused to go. I'm just saying, dude, what are you not getting? At 30 years old, do you need some kind of a 3D map or something? They want you gone. Get out. It got so bad that the parents had to go get legal remedy to get their son to get out of their house. So they took the man to court. How sad and pathetic is that? And this happened in New York. I want to say Schenectady. I forgot where in New York, but it happened in New York. And on this past Tuesday, when they got to court, the judge ruled in favor of the parents. And they told, dude, you got to get out. I'm just saying, what is he not getting? Do you not understand that they don't want you in the house anymore? Get the hell out. It's not like they were dropping subtle hints. They told him straight up, under no uncertain terms, get out. And even after the judge told him to vacate the premises, he's still fighting back, talking about he's appealing and all this stuff because they didn't give him proper notice. These are your parents. They allowed you to come back to the house after you moved out, and this is how you act? What are you not getting? This unbelievable man-child wants six months' notice to vacate. Who does that, especially to their own parents? Is it something wrong with him? Is it something wrong with them? Is it the whole family? It just makes you wonder. This man-child moved back home eight years ago when he lost his job under the guise of saying, look, I'm going to move out soon as I get on my feet, get another job, yada, yada. So what happened to that plan? Now, here we are eight years later, 30 years old, and you're fighting your parents in court, asking a judge to not force you to get out of your parents' house? This is beyond crazy. I've never seen anything like this in my life. When is enough enough? There's a such thing as helping your grown children, and then there's a different situation when you enable your grown children. Now, here's the note that the parents left him on February 2nd. They said, after a discussion with your mother, we have decided you must leave this house immediately. You have 14 days to vacate. You will not be allowed to return. We will take whatever actions are necessary to enforce this decision. Now, you know there's a dysfunctional situation when your parents leave you a note like that. This sounds like a renter, somebody you're not related to, have no relationship with. But that's what they left him on February 2nd. So shortly after that note, his parents decided to seek legal counsel And they served him another note on February 13th. So that was about roughly, what, two weeks later? They give him another note, granting him 30 days to move out or they're going to start some kind of procedures against him. Five days after that, they give him another note. And they offered him some advice. And they said, look, we'll give you $1,100 to help you move and find another place, etc." And the advice they gave him was basically telling him he needs to, like, organize his life, do this, do that, and all. Stuff that a 30-year-old man ought to know. I mean, really. It was ridiculous. But he still doesn't seem to get it. And he wouldn't take the money because he doesn't really want to move. Yet he says, I really want to get out of here. Well, then act like it. Get out. Get out. I'm just saying, what is he not getting? After all this, he says, like I said, he wants to leave, but he doesn't have the means to leave, and that's why he said he needs another six months. Okay, newsflash, if you didn't get it together in eight years, I don't see what another six months is going to do for you. Six months, six years, it won't matter. This dude is messed up. I got advice for him while they're giving advice. I got advice for you, dude. (laughs) Here's my advice. Get your life. Get your life. You are a grown man acting like a little boy who pretends to be grown, and nobody has time for that. Boy, bye. Get out. I keep saying it over and over because I want him to understand because clearly he's not getting it. 
Get out. Your parents want you out. I want you out. The judge wants you out. Get out. <laughs> it's not hard. Get out. This is red wine, and I'm just saying. I I know, I, I know that he's not understanding because clearly he's still up in the house. But oh I'm just saying, God. dude, get out. What is your problem? Stop leeching off of your parents. And again, oh, for the record, boy, bye. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Red wine. I have to say, you bring a new meaning to get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, some crazy stuff. That was a good one. <laughs> I've never oh, seen boy. a situation like this. I haven't either. Uh, uh. So, what is the judge saying? They said he has to he has to vacate the premises. Yeah, the judge told him that you legally are being evicted. Get out. And he's right. trying to appeal it, talking about I need six more months. I'm like, dude, is, you had eight is he years. Special or something? Not in that way, no. Yeah, okay. He's not yeah. yellow bus special, but it, something seems to be wrong. He might be yellow bus special. <laughs> I, I don't oh, know. I've funny. never seen anything like it. Okay. And what state was this? This is in New York. Go figure. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. That's all I'm saying. That's my mantra, my mantra tonight. Get out. (laughs) All right. I'm going to give the mic over to Papa Didi, living for the city. Maybe you can get this dude and get out. All right. Um, What I got here for living for the city tonight is that Washington State Highway uh, covered in 40,000 pounds of chicken feathers. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh boy, you got enough of No, no, let's let's get serious for a minute. Uh, living for the city tonight. You know, let me just describe what living for the city is all about. Uh, being as one of my segments, living for the city, it it really originated by Stevie Wonder, of course, and it it was on his uh, album called. Uh, if you want to get a great album by Stevie Wonder, if you want if you want music that you can put in your CD player. And you can drive for miles. It's the Stevie Wonder album called Inner Vision. It's filled with everything, Golden Lady, uh, all that jazz, Living for the City. Living for the City basically describes the fact that that's how you're living, or that's how you're living. But to speak for the city, that's how you're living. You're living at the point where you're living with the basic entities or what you think you need, you really don't even know what you need. You're passing down things to your children, whether it be welfare or whether it be uh, destitute lifestyles, whether it be Section 8s, whether it be SSIs, whether it be all kind of crazy stuff that's been transferred for years and years and years to the state of, of, of obesity, if it's such a word. And, and you're living that way because you have no work ethic and you have no uh, ability to go out there and make a life or living for yourself no matter what you're doing, whether you're selling pencils or, or making pencils or whatever you're doing. No matter what you do, you just do what you do because everybody needs somebody for their own particular survival. So you got to figure out what you can do that's going to help somebody else survive and what somebody else can do to help you survive. And that's what life is about, how the circle of life moves on. But if you get in a situation where you're not going to work, where you're going to rely on that welfare check, you're going to you may have another baby to get another $42 in your little check and another $84 in your food stamps. I mean, people, some people are doing, they're doing the math on this. You know, I visualized this stuff years ago, years and years ago when I was, you know, like, I, I think when I first came out of the military, I'm not going to say a year. I'm not going to get into my business that deep. But but I started uh, like a person fresh out the military, renting a room, and renting an efficiency, and then renting a one-bedroom, and then renting a two-bedroom, and then eventually, you know, buying a house and, 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 and doing all the things you do. When it comes to the progress, that's the progress of life. Now, living for the city means that you're setting your ways in ways where you think you can just get over it. You ain't got jobs, address. You ain't got nothing else going on. Everything you're doing is based on your dependency on somebody else providing for you. 
and getting over any way you can. And this exists in our society underneath our nose every single day. Don't think it don't. It could be your brother. It could be your damn sister, you know? So nobody is immune to this, black, white, or indifferent. Don't ever think that the welfare system belongs to black people. Don't be stupid. Don't be fooled by that move. Because if you're around black people, then you're going to think that's what it is. But take your ass out to Montana somewhere or up there in West Virginia somewhere. Or you can even go down to a few counties I won't name in Maryland or a few areas of D.C. And you'll see that the welfare check goes to everybody, black, white, Chinese, red, blue, purple, whatever you may be. So living for the city means that you really have stopped caring about your life and the life that God has blessed on you. And you decided to take it on the chin and rely on every little thing you can get, whether it be SSI, whatever initials or narratives or or, uh, what do you call those things in the the government, the different things they use to explain the different, uh, not the subsidies, but the different when they use a word and break it up into a phrase. Like oh, acronyms. Acronyms, yeah. You can have 9,000 acronyms to attach to your particular situation, but it don't make it better because you only get blessed with one life. And whether you want to live your life getting out there and doing something for society and making something work for yourself, you want to sit back and receive and lay on your ass and get $41 for your next child that you bring into the world and another $69 in food stamps, that's your choice. And that's what living for the sea means. You're just living enough for the city. Okay. That's it for that. Broke that down. Broke it down. All right. Living just enough for the city. That's a rough way to live. Just enough for the city. Don't quit your day job, cattle. <laughs> All right, Kevin, uh, let's go out to the West Coast. Uh, what's happening uh, in Hollywood this week? Entertainment happening. All righty, you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, let's go with the bad news. All right. Mario Batali. Unfortunately, his three Las Vegas restaurants are closing in light of his sexual misconduct allegations. He's getting wow. handed to him. He yep. sure is. He's a nice um, guy, too. I like it's getting crazy. It closed, they're they're going to close July 27th. A, a decision that um, comes as the, as the New York uh, Police Department conducts an investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct, leaving it against the celebrity chef. The um, closures of B&B, Restaurant K, Oto, in um, Carnvino will affect about 298 employees, most of who oh, uh, wow. they will be laid off. Yeah. Um, B&B Restor- Restaurante and Oto are both located in the Venetian, the Venetian Hotel. Um, the other one is located in the um, Palazzo Hotel. Um, a B&B representative said Las Vegas Sands' decision to close the restaurant has been in the works since December um, when uh, they published an investigative report for which four women accused Batali of inappropriate touching over a period of two decades. Uh, Batali did not deny these allegations, saying at the time that the um, behavior described in the article does, in fact, match up with ways I have acted. So we didn't deny it, so unfortunate. Um also That's in a statement to C B S but but in, in a statement of C B S Vitaly denied that he has he that he assaulted the woman. Um Vitaly um, a small minority interest in the um Italy USA, which has Italian style marketplaces in LA um, New York, Chicago, and Boston. Um, those are going to be affected also. Um, ABC has terminated his relationship with Batali. Uh, remember, he did the show called The Chew and found out today oh, yeah. that The Chew is um, not going to go for the next one. Um, they're going to cancel that. So I'm not sure because of those allegations or because the ratings are low or what. 
and it's going to be replaced by a third hour of Good Morning America. Really? Like, we need more of Good Morning America. A third hour? Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Shoot me now, oh. right? <laughs> bite me, bite me, bite me. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. In other news, um, Daniel uh, Craig, he's going to return to 007 in 2019. Remember, he claimed that he would never go back to that. He said he would slash his wrist first before he went back to the uh, 007 yeah. um, series. He, he said yep. no more James Bond. Yep. Okay. Confirmation of Craig's fifth Bond film follows speculation that the 50-year actor was about to hand in his license to kill. He said in 2015 that he would rather slash my wrist then return to the road, but later backtrack on those remarks um, uh-huh. after, he, after he made that last movie, Spectrum. I guess they probably came to him more money. Who knows? Um, Whatever. Sony Pictures, they have had the um, James Bond series for a decade, uh, but the Universal Pictures will release the next installment of the um, Super Spy franchise uh, internationally, but MGM will handle the U.S. release. Um, yep, yep. So we shall see him again in 2019. So. Mm. And uh, movies to go see this weekend. Here we go. Another Star Wars movie. Solo, a Star Wars story. It's going to open nationwide, which today is a sci-fi. Um, it does have some interesting uh, cast. Uh, Donald Glover. He does the... Um, uh, Atlanta series, uh, Tangy Newton and Woody Harrelson. That's my boy. I like Woody Harrelson. Um, uh-huh. Also, uh, Future World. It's going to have James Franco in that. Um, it's a sci-fi also. Also, check out Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley is um, it's a passionate love affair. Few, the creation of trailblazing writer Mary Shelley's gothic masterpiece, uh, Frankenstein. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's right, right. Right, that's a, like a period piece, so it, it's back in 1800 sometimes. Um, also, um, The Gospel According to Andre, it's a documentary that chronic, um, chronicles the life and career of Andre Neon Talley, the former um, Vogue magazine editor at large. So it should be interesting. Oh, yeah, he used to work a lot with uh, Tyra Banks on her show. Mm hmm. So. Guy used to Those always wear capes and whatnot, real flamboyant guy. Miss J? No, mm-hmm. Andre yep. Leon Talley. Mm-hmm. He was an older and guy. It, He'd been around with different designers for years and stuff. Well, he's really made a name for himself. So mm-hmm. That movie's called The Gospel According to Andre. So um, okay. those are my picks for this week, so. Unfortunately, another Star Wars movie. Uh, that's not my favorite, but that's supposed to be the hottest thing going on, so go check it out. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Well, it thank is. you so much. That's the hottest. Okay. I've got the cocktail of the week, so I guess I'll just launch right into it. I've got okay. a cocktail this week. It's called the Strawberry Shortcake. Wow. And this is it's really cute, very tasty. It's light, but it will definitely get you where you might want to go. Uh-oh. It's a strawberry shortcake. You need two ounces of vodka, one ounce of fresh-squeezed lemon juice, and a half an ounce of strawberry simple syrup. And you mm-hmm. want to top it off with something bubbly like champagne or Prosecco or some sparkling wine. So basically, you just take the vodka and the lemon juice and the simple syrup, Put it in a shaker with ice, shake it up, strain it into a martini glass, and then top it off with some either champagne, Prosecco, or a sparkling wine to give it that fizz. And there you got your strawberry shortcake. It is nice. This is a perfect summertime drink, too. So check out the website on apajamaparty.com. Click on Cocktail of the Week. And you can get a picture of it and get the recipe and try it for yourself. And let us know. Try it and you like it or you don't. Holler back. Let us know. Sounds good. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
All you right. cut off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Too much of that strawberry shortcake. Uh, kiss it list, Papa Didi. What's up with the kiss it list? I don't know where it is. But, uh, Can you tell people what it is? It's, uh, the last couple of weeks, people did their thing and they were crazy with it. We got them uh, on blast and we're going to kick them in the posterior. Oh, kick them in the posterior. Posterior. Well, here's who I would like to kick in the posterior, starting with Daniel Craig. After all that smack he talked about, I'll never play James Bond again. I'd rather slit my wrist. And now he's doing another James Bond movie, so you full of crap, Daniel Craig, and you're on the kiss it list. Uh, I know that's right. Also, also, I got that Las Vegas hotel, I forgot what chain it was, that wouldn't let the orgy people have their orgy stuff there. You, you're the faking. Suite. You are faking. Somebody <laughs> pulled a plug and bust you, and then you got scared and backed out. You full of crap. Also, mm-hmm. that 30 year old man child that won't get out of his parents' house. Oh, the kiss sure. list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the White House Communications Office for putting that coin out ahead of the event. And now they look real stupid because the event probably will never happen. Uh, we got Roger Goodell with a new policy on the, uh, the flag and all that stuff. There you go. Uh, that's all I got. Oh, Trump, he's always on the kiss it list. Always. Anybody else? Oh, Pence. I need to start adding him on there in general. Mike Pence. Pence. Uh, Anybody else, Bobby D? That's it. Okay, Kelly, you got anybody else? No, that's it. You can come for everybody. I don't want to slight anybody, but anybody Mm -hmm. else, if you know you belong on the kiss it list, put yourself on the (laughs) list and enjoy your fries. Kiss My ass. You can Right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm your host, Papa Dita, and we have a kettle. Hello. Kettle. And red wine. Hello, darlings, and bonsoir for the last time tonight. <laughs> it's that time. It's time for the last word. It's the last rodeo. We don't care where you go, but you got to get up out of here. What's your last word tonight, Papa Didi? My last word is to uh, take care of yourself and each other. Life is very short. Uh, Take life serious. And please don't live just enough for the city. Amen to that. My last word is, when somebody tells you they don't want you anymore, get out. It's not that hard. Get out. (laughs) <laughs> don't stay where you're not wanted. No, don't throw you <laughs> anymore. Out. That's mm-hmm. my last word. Thanks for hanging with us tonight. Um, mm-hmm. over to you, oh, shout out to Mama Z. We love you. All right. Thanks. And um, Sticky, too. Yeah, all right. You took the words right out my mouth. <laughs> my last word is get out. <laughs> Whatever situation you're in, get out. <laughs> Get out. And uh, the initials, uh, on, on a serious note, I'm going to do me a T-shirt. S-T-G, stop the gun. Just simple as that. Just stop the gun. Let's just stop shooting each other. And let's figure out what the hell is going on and what we need to do for each other. Because us killing each other, I'm telling you, nothing, gonna be but, nothing but the animals left. <laughs> we ain't going to be here no more. That's a good point. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. 
Thank you, Kettle. Thank you, Papa Didi. And thank you to our listening audience for hanging out with us. Appreciate you as always. Make sure you tell a friend. Tell them to hang out with us sometime. Check us out online. Uh, You can listen to previous episodes and tonight's episode on apajamaparty.com. That's A, the letter A, pajamaparty.com. And uh, check us out. Make sure you check out the cocktail of the week. Get that recipe. And uh, previous cocktails of the week, we got them going back to, what, 2014. So if you ever need a cocktail, check out our library because we've got you covered. Uh, I guess that's it. Thanks to DC Homegrown, our parent company, for keeping the lights on for us. We do appreciate you. Uh, Papa Didi, you want to say goodnight? Good night, everybody. Kevin? Good night, everybody, and uh, have a safe weekend. All right, and this is Red Wine saying good night. Happy Memorial Day. Y'all be safe with those barbecue grills and stuff. Don't hurt yourself. Oh, I did want to say say one last note. Um, Somebody mentioned on the radio, while this weekend is important, and let's not forget that. I mean, we're going to barbecue, grills, and this and that. But the thing is to remember is the people that, while we're here, kept us free. That's the main thing right this weekend. So I just want to just make that point. That's true. Don't lose sight of what Memorial Day is all about. That's true. And uh, if you know anybody, just just honor them in in some way, you know, whatever way it is, any kind of act of kindness or whatever. Just honor them and um, just uplift them. Let's uplift ourselves. That's what we really need. That's That's true. Remember the people that gave their life for this country to keep us free. And your family members, Mm -hmm. go out there and put something on a gravesite if you got a time. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, people, yeah. we're done. We're going to shut it down till next Friday. Peace. We're out. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatanti, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you got to go, you got to go. Well, good night. Gabi Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show, and good night. Put